Hi, you're listening to Your Best with my nanny, Kathy Weckworth. Hi, this is Kathy Weckworth, Executive Director of Best Life Ministries, and you're listening to Your Best, a motivational, inspirational 30 minutes that will help you want to be your best. Hi, this is Sarah Groves, and you're listening to Your Best with Kathy Weckworth. Friends, it's week two as we prepare for Christmas. How wonderful the days have been getting into the Christmas spirit. Today's topic is Christmas Study Week 1 with Mary and Joseph. And next week, we're going to talk about the angels. Today, we're going to spend some time together just discussing what it was like for Jesus' parents on a trip to Bethlehem. What was it like to be so young, to have an angel come to them and let them know what their future would hold? Often I wonder what it was like for the people around Mary and Joseph who knew them personally and saw what was happening. What must they have thought? For years, I've been interested in every aspect of the Christmas story. It reminds me of a beautifully wrapped gift. At the beginning of the journey of discovery, we see Mary and an angel, Joseph and an angel, an innkeeper, animals in a stable, a star, shepherds, more angels, and later on, Scripture tells us that wise men traveled from afar seeking the child. I love to think about how the story unfolds. In my mind, it seems like this is a present that's ready to be opened and explored. The paper is a lovely foil, shiny and slippery, and held together perfectly with clear scotch tape. On top of the story, inside the box called the Bible is a beautiful bow connected to brightly curling ribbon, and as we pull on it, It releases the story that unfolds from inside, pouring out into our hearts and souls, spilling over until the very essence of our lives and making up who we are because of what we believe is entwined with this story. As we begin to unwrap the story of Christmas, I want us to first look at the mother of Jesus, Mary. In Luke 1, 26, the story begins. There she is. She's young. God sends the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, to Galilee. Verse 27 says, To a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored, the Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month, for no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. And then the angel left her. Mary, as we look at her, we see several things in this scripture. First of all, She's surprised that she is being chosen. Secondly, she's very humble, and I love that about Mary because Scripture tells us very simply that God does not approve of pride. As a matter of fact, he really hates it. 
And it says that he lifts up those who are not prideful, those who are humble. She is not prideful. She's very simple. She's just a plain, regular, young girl and a virgin. And God chooses her. Now for Joseph, he is a descendant of King David. Remember King David in Scripture? He's written many of the Psalms. We know that he is the father of Solomon. We know that he's married to Bathsheba. We remember that God says out of one person in Scripture that he has the heart like God. He says he has a heart that follows after him. Joseph is a descendant of him. And let me remind you for a moment that that Scripture says, and when he had removed him, he raised up unto them David to be their king, to whom also he gave testimony I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after mine own heart. That's where it says that God knows that he is after his own heart. Now, Acts 13.22 says that a descendant of King David also is not just the descendant Joseph, but Mary is related to him as well. The angel Gabriel shows up right in front of her. How she must have been afraid. Can you imagine having an angel show up to you and tell you all of this? But he says, greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. At this point, I usually get chills to think that God is looking down and saying, oh, look, there's Mary. I love her. I think she's the perfect choice to be the mother of my son, Jesus. Wow. He continues to comfort her, but she questions him. She asks the angel, how is this possible since she's a virgin? Verse 35 states, as we read, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. And the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. So here we are. It's a regular day. Mary's daydreaming about this new husband she's going to have, the carpenter, Joseph. And in front of her appears this bright white angel. And she's afraid. She's going to be a mom. So is her cousin Elizabeth. Wow. It's her. It's Mary. And for all of us in the world who think we could handle it, well, I doubt we could. I know for a fact that I would be overwhelmed and scared senseless just seeing an angel, but let alone having that information, ouch. But Mary's no longer afraid. She's no longer concerned about herself. Instead, she answers the angel point blank. I am the Lord's servant. May it be to me as you have said. Let's listen to this great song by Michael English that describes what will happen and how Mary in her innocence tries to grasp the future of this husband Joseph and the reality that she is going to deliver a baby, Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Here's Michael English with Mary Did You Know. Mary did you know your baby boy one day walk on water Mary did you know Your baby boy Save our sons and daughters Did you know That your baby boy Was come to make you new And this child that you Give sight to the blind man Mary, did you know Your baby boy Will calm a storm with his hand 
Did you know your baby boys walked where angels try? from a beautiful song. Not only has Mary resolved that this is what she will do, but she has the best attitude of humility that I've seen. Luke 146 says, And Mary said, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. And in this moment, as we continue to pull the ribbon off the box, I want you to take a quiet, deep breath in a small corner of your world, and think with me. Mary's focus was shifted. It wasn't, why me? I can't do this. What are you thinking, God? This is scary. People aren't going to believe me. They're going to think that I've done something wrong. I'm scared. No. Instead, it is an incredible faith-filled example for you and me today, because she thinks and says, I am praising you, God. I am worshiping you. Who am I that you should even consider me? There it is. The bow is pulled off and we see her frame of mind, humility. Isn't it interesting that Mary sets the stage for baby Jesus? Because Jesus is king of kings. He could have come here to earth in huge splendor and glory, trumpets, angels. It could have been incredible. But instead he chose a humble entrance to be born from a humble woman and a carpenter. And here they are in a manger, in a stable. That's humility. I remember when I had the opportunity to experience a situation where a very well-known Christian artist 
was performing at an event with me and my ministry. This artist and her family had truly forgotten their roots. Instead of being humble and gracious to us and others that were you know, fond of their music, they stepped into a place that I really watch for, a place that is disrespectful of God, a place of pride and self-centeredness. It was so shocking and distasteful. I was immediately repelled by the music because I couldn't believe that the people were so prideful. But something happened in those moments of my during my frustration. A homeless man came in where we were eating supper together. That man was waiting outside the church where we were performing. He was brought in by one of our team. And my friend said, Kathy, he needs food. And I told him to come in that we would share. I watched my friend as she sat down with him and she gave him her lunch. And I thought about the people I was sitting next to, the people who are making a lot of money off of CDs, singing Christian music on the radios across the world and on stages everywhere. They were sitting next to this man, kind of looking down upon him. But I sat right next to him and I looked into his eyes and he looked into mine and I saw past who he was. I saw into a gentle spirit that was so lovely. It was filled with gratitude and thankfulness. It was humility. And he said to us, thank you so much for the food. I am so grateful. And in that moment, a moment I will never forget, I saw the spectrum of the alphabet from A to Z, from pride out of someone who had everything to humility from someone who had nothing. Today, I think about Mary's humility during the Christmas season. Oh, that I could be like her. How about you? That we could say, whatever you have for us, God, bring it on. Because who in the world are we that you even have the time of day for us? Friends, here are the facts about Mary. She was a virgin. She had a humble spirit. She was obedient. She knew her scripture. In Luke 145 through 55, the song is written by Mary called the Magnificat. Magnificat is Latin for my soul proclaims the greatness or my soul magnifies. It's where we get the word magnifies. You and I know that whenever we take a magnifying lens, it makes whatever we're looking at bigger. So when we think about magnifying something, it becomes larger in our vision. Here's what Mary says. My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. Isn't that interesting? There it is again. He lifts up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, even as he said to our fathers. Let's look at the story from the disciple Matthew's perspective, which deals with Joseph's viewpoint, and let's see how he is dealing with the news of the pregnant virgin Mary. 
Here's the scripture, Matthew 1, 18 through 25, and let me read it for you. And then we're going to take a minute and listen to a lovely song that just focuses on Joseph. Here's scripture. This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. Now, friends, I'm going to just let you know this fact, that during that time, adultery was a crime punishable by death. And this was considered adultery. She was pregnant, and it wasn't her husband-to-be's baby. Here's what Scripture continues to say. After Joseph had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife, but he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. After Joseph's visit from the angel, he understands his purpose, friends. He gets his role for the future. He's just a simple carpenter, from the town of Nazareth in Galilee, and Joseph was from the tribe of Judah, as I said, a descendant from King David through King Solomon, David's father. Mary, I told you, was also related to King David through the tribe of Judah, but directly through Nathan, Solomon's brother. Mary's parents had only daughters. In the Jewish culture, even engaged couples could never be alone together, so for Mary to say that she's pregnant is shocking. As Joseph knows, it's not him, and he's been with her. In that time, you would have a few short chaperoned conversations over one year of a long engagement. Joseph thought he could just put her aside, quietly get a divorce. But he knew that he loved her. Don't you wonder what was going on inside his head? I'm sure doubt, I'm sure disappointment and sadness. But once the angel visits to tell him, his future has been cast. Let's listen to this lovely song from Trisha Yearwood. It's called It Wasn't His Child. And think about what it must have been like for Joseph in his shoes. He was her man, she was his wife. She gave birth But it wasn't his child It wasn't his child Yet still he took him as his own And as he watched him grow It brought him joy He loved that boy But it wasn't his child It wasn't his child But like a father He was strong and kind 
The Son of God, the Trinity, empowered by the Spirit of the living God, God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit. Jesus humbles himself to become one of us, born in a lowly manger. His earthly father, Joseph the carpenter, takes charge over him. One of the most beautiful expressions of this story that I've ever seen is a movie called The Nativity Story, and here's my friend John Jennings with a review for us. This is the movie review for The Nativity Story. Running time, 1 hour, 41 minutes. Rated PG. The Nativity Story opens with the biblical words of the prophet Jeremiah in his recitation of the prophecy concerning the coming Messiah, Jesus Christ, as found in Jeremiah 23, verses 5 and 6. The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will raise up for David a righteous branch, a king who will reign wisely and do what is just and right in the land. In his days, Judah will be saved, and Israel will live in safety. This is the name by which he will be called, the Lord, our righteous Savior. Lending strength to the well-known story, the movie delivers facts presented in scriptures by Matthew and Luke regarding the birth of Christ and is completely and truthfully represented. The storyline doesn't deter or question biblical truths. The story walks through presenting that Mary was a virgin, received a visit from the angel Gabriel, was engaged to marry Joseph, and that Jesus Christ is part of the deity. The nativity story creates a relationship between the viewer and Mary, played by Kesha Castle Hughes, and Joseph, played by Oscar Isaac. 
the movie develops their home life and background story as viewers are given a deeper look into the storyline and swept away to 2,000 years ago. Visuals of beautiful cinematography were filmed in Italy and Morocco. Other scenes were shot in Krakow, a ghost town in the Italian region of Basilicata and Cinesetta, Rome. As Mary, a young virgin, is engaged to Joseph, a carpenter, she is visited by an angel and told that she will conceive a child through the Holy Spirit. Her future husband, Joseph, is shocked and, although he loves her, thinks about breaking the engagement. They are presented with the challenge of making their way on a journey to Bethlehem some 97 miles away from Nazareth, while Mary is expecting the baby Jesus. With no place to stay and a baby ready to be born, the stress of the journey and the paranoid King Herod adds to the drama. The storyline introduces great characters with Mary's cousin Elizabeth, the angel Gabriel, and an incredible performance displaying deception, paranoia, and evil from King Herod portrayed by actor Sarian Hines. The pure delivery of the amazing story will take you on a journey of emotions as you feel joy, sorrow, fear, and gratitude while watching these two young souls make their way to Bethlehem. The bottom line, the nativity story reveals depth in its characters, storyline, and acting, revealing a quality movie that will easily become a classic Christmas tradition in your home. I'm John Jennings, and that's The Bottom Line. Friends, as we think about this incredible journey that they're making, you know, it, it looks like it's going to be something so difficult for them. Can you imagine? Mary was ready to give um, birth to this little baby Jesus. And now they have to travel to pay their taxes. And if you follow along in the story, you can almost imagine yourself traveling with them. It makes me think about many years ago when I was a little girl. I had just gotten my driver's license, and we were traveling, my mom, my dad, and I, in the middle of Canada in terrible weather. It was winter. It was snowy. And the snow had settled, and it was a beautiful starry sky, but we were driving and driving, and there was no place to stay it was just small town after small town, no gas stations, no motels. I remember after my daddy had driven about 12 hours straight, he finally said, Kathleen, you have to drive. Well, I had barely gotten my driver's license. I was like so scared. I thought, what? It's been snowy. I can't do this. But I got into the seat while my father rested for a few minutes, and I began to pray, God, help us. There's no place to stay. We don't have a lot of gas left. What are we going to do? It's the middle of winter. My father woke up after about 15 minutes and he said, Kathleen, you need to pray. And I said, Daddy, I've already been praying. And as we looked out over that beautiful um, landscape, I remember the twinkling lights that said vacancy shining down on the snow. And we were so grateful we would have stayed anywhere. And I remember pulling in and my daddy saying, Kathleen, this must have been what Mary and Joseph felt like. No place to stay, traveling for a long distance and being so tired and so weary. And it never, ever left me that that was how those days must have felt for Mary and for Joseph. When we think about the young couple who struggled to make their way on a long journey to pay taxes, they worked together to bring the Savior into the world one cold, starry night, it brings a sentiment of gratitude and thankfulness. It reminds us of humility. It wasn't easy, and I'm sure people gossiped and doubted and disowned them. But look what happened. They persevered. They believed. They trusted what had been told to them. To close out our show today, I wanted to share this lovely piece by Max Lucado. 
the perfect gift. When God came to earth, he chose a poor girl from the village to give birth to the king. He chose a stable instead of a palace for the new king's birth. When God came to earth, he came to the least, the last, the lowest, and the lost. For centuries, men and women have been seeking God, and they found him in this man, Jesus. And what's remarkable is that while they were seeking, they found that he had been looking for them their whole lives. So that's what happened on that first Christmas 2,000 years ago. God came to earth looking for you. He came in the form of a man who showed the whole world what God's love was like. So on that first Christmas, God's perfect gift was love. Now if you take the love out of Christmas, where will you put it? What will you do with it? What will you do with him if you remove him from this season? The things that fill people's hearts usually show up around them. And that's why this time of year you see evergreens and lights and nativity scenes, because they remind people of that love that came looking for them so long ago. Listeners, a precious gift was given to us that night. God used Mary and Joseph to bring his son into the world. They'd cherished and loved him. Will we do the same this season? Will we do the same every day of our lives? In the next days before Christmas, make time for the babe in the manger. Let me pray with you. Dear Jesus, at times others like to judge what's in our hearts and minds. They think they know our motivations. We can only assume that Mary had many people in life who thought she was filled with pride. Maybe they felt a little jealous of her ability to be chosen by God. But isn't it great, Jesus, that we don't have to worry about what you're doing in others. We only need to look at our own hearts and deal with that. Help us to be humble. Help us to be gracious. Help us to listen and look for you and your call upon our lives. Be with us as we continue to prepare our hearts for Christmas. In Jesus' name, amen. For more encouragement and hope, log on to our website at bestlifeministries.com. And for more information about me, you can log on to kathyweckworth.com. Hey, thanks for being with us today. And until next time, I encourage you to go out and be your best.